Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Hey, Howard in the house. Hey, Quint. What's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? Just gearing up for Christmas season. Are you a Christmas like thing? Like what? Like not thing. Thing. You're a handful. Yes, I'm a Christmas thing. <laughs> um, Is it your jam or what? Or are you like behind? It depends on the year, honestly. I think some years I'm like. Like, right after Thanksgiving, I'm, like, fired up, play Christmas music nonstop, have all the candles and the blankets and do all the things. And then sometimes I just, like, kind of forget it's happening until the week before. How's this year for you? Somewhere in the middle. I put my tree up, like, the day after Thanksgiving. Wow. Which is my favorite part. There is nothing like coming home, putting on the Christmas tree, getting under the blanket, mm. oh, reading a book. And this year, this is such a minor thing, but it has brought me so much joy. So you know how they used to make, maybe they still make outlets like this, like the ones where you plug things in, but you have to turn on the light switch. Mm-hmm. So my Christmas tree is on one of those this year. So I get to turn on a light switch and, and then boom. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is it's amazing. It's the little things in life. Why, thank you, thing. So my wife is Christmas tree crazy, like to the tune of... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine Christmas trees in our house. Oh, nine. my. Full nine. size or some little ones in there? Uh, most of them are full size. Wow. Every every boy in has one in his room. My mm-hmm. mother, or my mother, oh boy, my wife, their mother, uh, set that precedent early with these little trees. And so then they got bigger and they wanted bigger trees. Um, all imitation because we also have terrible allergies, all of us, and- we went through a phase of having a couple live trees, and that was awful. Disaster. So okay. we would wait until Black, not even Black Friday. We would wait till after the holiday sale. We bought these trees for super cheap, and now subsequent to what she's learned is after the holiday, she goes and buys more lights. You know, so we get them on on That's super smart. Yeah. So every time you plug them in, mm-hmm. they don't work. Yeah, yeah. It's every so year it's a it's a it's a restringing, but. Um, she, I love them when they're done. I'm not a, I am not a decoration guy. I loathe it. Honestly, if she came to me and said, okay, you have to help or there's not going to be a Christmas tree up. I'd be like, there's no Christmas tree then. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I know it's terrible. I will. The decorating part is not my favorite. Mm. Like my mom. So this year I had my mom and dad come over and help me, which was amazing by the way. And so we strung the lights, and usually by the time the lights get up, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Because that's a hassle there. Yeah. You haul the tree up mm. and put the lights on. But then my mom loves ornaments, mm. and she can never put too many. And there came a point that I was like, okay, we have more ornaments in the box, but, like, that looks bomb. I think we're <laughs> done here. Yeah. And she was like, well, we're not going to put on the the little red balls? Like, you don't want the little red ones on there? And she got so sad. And I'm you like, were like, "Where yes, are we gonna I hang do. them?" Yeah, There's not you, a single you found left. you found an area though, didn't oh, you? Oh my gosh, it looks great though. Good, that's great. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Super blessed. I mean, it's just one of those years where it's been a great year in in the markets. That always makes the holiday season a lot better. I I will say it's been a trying year. 
like psychologically with our with our clientele and mm-hmm. like keeping them invested every every time you turn around somebody wants to just bail on the market and I get it there's a lot of politics there's a lot of nonsense going on in the world but it's been exhausting in a in a good way I mean that's why we're compensated to do what we do but it's like you're pulling them along pull like please don't stay you know it's a long term game like right. this is fine and we're gonna have a great year I'm mean, here to look back and be like whoa and of course the clients <laughs> gonna be like well that was great like, awesome hey, we're be like oh this time like, next year yeah yeah holy <laughs> like, cow oh so gosh, but I no I mean that always makes the holidays much sweeter the New Year's sweeter so it's gonna be yeah it's a great great time of year so. Let's go right to our question from Martin. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, DIY Money Crew. This is Martin from Central California. My wife and I are blessed to be full-time nurses with no debt. We own a low-interest starter home that we live in and rent out one room. We also currently have no kids. We both max out our employee-sponsored retirement plan with a match of 5%. I also started a master's program, and until the end of the year, We are saving for the future semester tuitions because I'll have to go part-time in January due to the heavy school load. We have not started a brokerage account or IRAs because our goal up to this point has been paying off debt, building an emergency fund, and doing our dream overseas trip last summer. We see ourselves having kids in the next five years and my wife will want to start working significantly less, which is why I'm getting a master's degree, to have the opportunity to make more money in the future. Our goal is to save, uh, to build a dream home on a family-owned property outside of town, and we'll start a high-yield savings account very soon to do that. Is it okay that we're not doing the IRA and brokerage thing? I feel like we can't do it all and save for a dream home. How do you stay flexible when our goals change and our income changes? Last thing I'd like to say is we're not very good at budgeting. We're more set-it-and-forget-it type of people, but we would like to be better, which is why we read your book and try to listen and follow sound advice like you guys. Thanks for your help, and keep up the good work. Martin, excellent question. Thanks so much for the detailed information. Very, very helpful. I'll let Allie maybe speak to some exact particulars. I'm going to just speak to the broad questions, the, the, the qualitative questions. So first of all, I'm okay with set it and forget it, meaning it sounds like you do sort of have a budget in that you're paying yourself first and then you're just living off of the remaining balance. And so the real question that you're trying to determine is where best to save the the monies off the top, which again, you're paying yourself first and and I'm perfectly fine with that. That's a it's a kind of a life hack when people are just like I am not going to budget. And I'm like, "Okay, well then just start paying yourself first until it hurts." And try to get toward it minimum 10%. So sounds like you're maxing out, depending on your income stream, you're maxing out your 401ks. And I'm going to assume, I know it's dangerous, but I'm going to assume that you're above that 10% savings rate. Company's giving you a nice match. So that's wonderful. How you adjust your goals, however, as or your monies as life changes and goals change has to do with a little bit of math. You're going to have to do a little bit of math to sort of figure out where that income, uh, that that margin income, so remember the difference between your income and your outgo from the book, where that goes. So you don't necessarily have to start doing the you know, Uber budgeting, but you do have to know what your margin is. You do have to know, okay, other than the 401k, we're spending everything. Well, that means that other than saving, 
You don't really have much margin. But you could tell me, well, yeah, but Quint, we're saving 18%. Okay, well, then consider backing that down a little bit. That gives you 8% margin if you were to stick with the 10 and your company's matching 5. That's wonderful. But now it gives you 8% margin. And then the question becomes, where best to save for that uh, for that future goal of the house? And you mentioned the high-yield savings. I think that's very wise. Um, I Again, I don't, I don't think it's... Over, I don't think you have to be overkill with the, you know, IRAs and the brokerage and all these other things. It's a matter of what the goals are. But as long as you're sticking to the long-term savings rate for your retirement and you don't sacrifice that, and oh by the way, you've run the numbers on that, so you theoretically know how much that could, you know, come to or a balance that could evolve to by the time you do reach retirement. Then you'll be fine. I mean, you you, you know you you'll be you'll be okay, uh, and you you can make adjustments accordingly. The only thing I'll add to you didn't ask about it, but if the desire is for your wife to cut back, you're getting a master's to hopefully make more money, and maybe you've already got that. You know, if you have a master's in your existing job and you have the ability, you know, whatever. I I don't know. It sounds like you got a good handle on that. I would say that you need to start acting as if at some point in time. So, for example, you finish your master's, you're now making more money, you don't yet have kids, and so I, I'm assuming you know, maybe you already do. I have no, I mean, I know you don't now, but maybe you between now and then you get kids. But let's say you don't. So let's say then you're saying, well, we want her to go to part time. Well, then start living on a part time salary. I often meet with people, young people, say, oh, look, we want to have kids, and one of us is going to stay home with the child. How do we make that happen? I go, start living off one income right now, immediately. And if you can't do it, you got to make some adjustments because if you can't do it right now, you're not going to be able to do it when a kid's in the house. And, oh, by the way, you're going to have ridiculous expenses like diapers and possibly formula. So, again, I think you can make these sort of act – you can act as if and make these subtle transitions before they – occur what say you Allie that's good I think this question to me is one we get a lot first of all how do I manage my short-term goals with my long-term goals of retirement because I think it's scary if you only put every dollar that you have towards short-term goals you'll never start saving for retirement because there's always another thing to do Uh, but in on the flip side, if you put all of your money into 401ks and IRAs and all of these funds, there may come a point where you need cash and you're having to pay penalties to get it out or can't accomplish what short-term thing comes up. So this is a great thing to be thinking about. And as you kind of said, this is where it can be helpful to kind of sit down and look at, okay, from a monetary perspective, how much money do I need? to achieve this goal, when do I need it by, and then doing that backwards math to say, okay, if I need to have $20,000 set aside by this year, then every month I need to be putting this amount into an account that will earn about this amount in, in interest, and that will get me to my goal. And so I think that's something that if it's a really complicated situation, it might be helpful to talk with a financial planner because that's essentially what we do. If it's not highly complicated, you can do this in an Excel spreadsheet or using a future value calculator online. So I think that's a great starting point of if you wanted to purchase a home, starting backwards to see how do I put that into my budget now instead of letting it be this 
goal floating out there and trying to manage it. The other thing that jumped out from this question to me is, and I loved the way he said it because it showed his posture a little bit, was he said, is it okay that I'm not doing the IRA or the brokerage account thing? And I love that. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. Because here is the thing. No matter how old you get, no matter how long you set up your finances and how much time you think about your finances, you cannot do it all. You can't. And so there's always going to be the next thing. And so I'll break down kind of the brokerage and IRA since that was kind of the bulk of your question. But I do want to say, I think it's important as you're approaching your finances as a whole to not get sucked into feeling stressed about, about having to be in the next big thing. Like right now, this year, we talk about 529s all the time. So you might be thinking, why am I not doing the 529 thing? And ultimately, what things you should be in are the tools that are going to best get you to your goals. And that's going to be different for everyone. So maybe the IRA thing doesn't make sense for you. Maybe it does. Maybe the brokerage account thing doesn't make sense for you. Maybe it does. But try to think through all these different tools that you're hearing. And as a new tool comes out, you can look at that and reevaluate it. But it's not always a bad thing to not be participating in every tool that's offered as a whole. The last thing I'll say, um, just to kind of answer your question, which sometimes we get on rabbit trails and I feel like sometimes we don't always formally answer it. What? I know. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Um, To talk about specifically the brokerage account and IRA, just a reminder, and we have podcasts that you can go back and listen to breaking down the differences between IRAs and 401ks, but those essentially act the same way. Um, And someone in your situation trying to plan for shorter midterm goals and also balance that with retirement, I think the brokerage account might make sense if your goals are long-term enough that you want to invest. If not, I think you're on the right path in someone in your shoes using a high-yield savings account so that you're not taking quite as much risk but still getting a little bit of interest on that cash. What else, Quint? What I miss? It's all I got. and I mean, that's great. Uh, All the... I liked especially your answer regarding not being able to do it all. That's a mindset, and it's it's a it's one where um, it's so important to balance all of the things you want to accomplish. Or, I mean, I'm finding that with myself as I go into 2024, I always have these reflections near the end of the year, and you know, I've worked 20 plus years to build a business which subsequently means I built sort of a a net worth, if you will, and a successful portfolio from real estate to investments, et cetera. And (laughs) then I'm I'm like, okay, but now what? And, And like, what do we do with that? And, you know, we're very charitably minded, but I'm starting to wonder, can we be more? Can we do other things? Can we give more? Can we get more involved in things? So, I don't know why I just went off on that tangent. But my point is is that you can't do everything. You right. can't do everything. And I think the hard part is every year there's a new strategy or a new account or someone has like, oh, here's this new idea or this new rule that changes things. So it's not like something you can decide when you're 20 and then be like, boom, that's the plan. That's the plan. And every year around this time, you can sit down and reevaluate and say, okay, what am I missing? What do I need to change? I love it. Let's wrap it up on that note. Martin, everybody. The one and only. What do you say? 
I say the secret to wealth is very simple to live on less than you make, invest the rest, and to do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.